Hey potties, you're listening to the Living Words Podcast with Zach Larson. Original stories read to you month by month. Don't forget to listen all the way to the end of the show for my comments and insights on today's recording. And here we go. Pages, Chapter 2 Thump, thump, thump. Tap, tap, tap. CSIM doesn't give any mention of it in her chart. Really? Let me see. How can she not have a mark? Might be part of a new gang. There would be a mark on her hand either way. That patch of blank skin staring up at me sends a shiver down my spine every time. I wonder if it's because she doesn't show any mental activity. Could a thing like that wipe her clean? Can't be. We've had patients with similar readings before. The marks are always there. Well, I added a note to the chart. Not sure what else we can do. Do you know much about animators? Not really. They scare me, too. I've been reading about them... Light. Crash. Did you see that? Rapid breathing. What? She just opened her eyes. Only for a second, though. That's impossible. She has almost no brain activity. This avatar is essentially dead. The only one who doesn't know it is her book. Wherever that is. I know what I saw. Daedri... Sim! Okay. She opened her eyes. It was probably just a muscle spasm. This whole no mark thing really has you riled. Thump, 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 thump. Can you hear me? Sim is the asylum cynic, but I think the fact that you don't have a mark makes you special. Blurry shapes moved overhead as the light poured in again. Something beep, beep, beeped nearby. One of the moving shapes above stopped, then grew larger. Some of the features solidified, and they seemed familiar. Whatever it was jerked away. Sim, look! Shreds! Sim! Sorry, it just caught me off guard. How can her eyes be open? Could her book be regenerating? Maybe. The shape moved in again, growing larger. Desanya, can you hear me? Do you know where you are? Pause. Well, that was a bit anticlimactic. Wait, Sim, she's tracking me with her eyes. Another, much brighter light flashed, and all went black again. Sim, get the binder! Silence. The light flashed again, back and forth. Her vision shifted from a blur of colors to a face she doesn't recognize. It's a man. A very old one, by the sagging skin under his eyes and on his forehead. The black veins just below his skin layer appear in stark contrast to the fading his body took on as he aged. He was completely bald and his yellow eyes regarded her with a measure of both surprise and wariness. Daedri, the man's lips moved as he pronounced the word, the name. Is she awake? With a twitch of his head, the old man moved aside as a young female appeared. She smiled, showing bright white teeth. Her skin was smooth and tan with youth. Hardly any of her veins were visible. She used her hand to push a stray lock of long purple hair behind her ear. Her eyes were white inside a ring of gray. I'm so glad you're awake, Desanya, the woman said. We've been waiting for hours. The binder barely believed me when I told him. A harsh cough cut her off. The man moved back in front of the woman, Daedri, and stared down over his thin nose. Can you hear me, Desanya? She could see more of the room as her vision continued to clear. A device with a flashing screen caught her eye. She shifted her eyes to look at it for a moment before returning her gaze to the man. His mouth curved down. Do you understand me? 
He watched her expectantly. When nothing happened, his features relaxed, and his frown turned into a small smile. Daedri, record in the log that the Avatar reacts to stimuli but shows no logical awareness. Yes, Binder. Daedri moved to the end of the bed and picked up something flat. Her hand twirled over the surface in sure motions, writing something. Dasanya, the male said, waving his hand. She looked at him. Dasanya. Her eyebrows pulled together at the thought, and her lips pursed. Interesting, the man mumbled. She is already showing facial expressions. This truly is remarkable. Daedri finished and replaced the flat object. She smiled as she caught Dasanya's eyes watching her. Are you comfortable, Dasanya? Do you need anything? She swallowed and rolled her tongue around the inside of her mouth. Need something. The muscles in her neck tightened, and her head bobbed back and forth slightly. The woman's eyes widened as her hands flew to her mouth. Skies! Does she understand me, Binder? Frowning again, the man moved closer and studied the patient carefully. His yellow eyes made her feel cold all over. Do you understand, Dasanya? His voice reminded her of ripping pages. Her throat convulsed and relaxed as her head continued to bob back and forth. She wanted something. They needed to understand. The man's face never wavered from hers, but soon his frown lessened, relaxing the wrinkles on his forehead from their vigil. The Avatar is definitely responsive, the Binder commented as he finally turned away, but I see no indication that she has any real comprehension. Daedri's shoulders crumpled at his words. The best thing for us to do will be to teach her as we would a child. She might progress quickly, or not at all, but... Sonya. Her voice came out in a dry whisper, but it brought Daedri's eyes back instantly and turned the Binder around mid-step. What did you say? he asked. Her throat convulsed again. Sonya. Her voice remained feather quiet, but she controlled their full attention. The Binder glanced quizzically at Daedri. She smiled when he finally managed to catch her eye. It's her name, don't you see? Her name? To Sonya. Sonya, Daedri corrected. She wants us to call her Sonya. The frown returned to the binder's mouth. He reached into his pocket and pulled out something small and square. He found a pen in his other pocket and placed it on the writing pad. Its tip scratched faintly in the open room. Sonya's eyes focused on the writing pad. It was made of paper. She knew that instantly. The pages did not seem quite right. Good paper was white, tan was okay too, but this was a dull gray. She felt odd looking at it, as if it were almost okay, but not quite. Each page was speckled with impurities, and the edges ended in jagged, flaky lines, not clean and straight like they should be. But still, it was paper, paper in an otherwise dull room. Sonya, are you back with me yet? She looked up to find Daedri smiling uneasily at her. Shadows that had not been there before stretched along the walls. Sonya scoured the room as quickly as her stiff neck would let her. The binder was gone, and the lights had been dimmed significantly. She looked at Daedri, fear bubbling like tar in her stomach. The woman's smile faded a little, and when she spoke, it was barely above a whisper. You have been comatose for hours. It was like you just shut off, except your eyes were still open, and you were breathing and everything. The binder got so flustered that he stormed out the door, stomping like a madman. At the word comatose, Sonya's heart stuttered. She felt the wrongness of the word with the wrongness of her lost time. Why? Daedri looked up from the thin pad she always seemed to have and almost managed to keep the surprise from her face. Why? Why did the binder storm out? Oh, he's... Sonya shook her head, cutting the woman off. Why? 
Unsure what to say, she managed to lift one arm and touch a finger to her temple. Sadness filled Daedri's eyes as her smile faltered. She set the pad on the blanket below Sanya's feet and moved to the side of the bed, taking Sanya's hand in her own. I asked the binder the same question. He didn't know. No one seems to know. She wiped a tear from her eye. As she raised her arm, Sanya caught a glimpse of Daedri's nearest pocket. A piece of white paper was sticking out of it. She let her arm fall again, covering the paper. Your brain might just need time to reset itself after the stimulation. Maybe your mind has been damaged and your book is attempting to repair you. Without access to your lifebook, there's little we can know for certain. Sonya almost knew what a lifebook was, but as she tried to recall the information, her thoughts scrambled. Where? Where's your book? Sonya nodded. Oh, Ava, don't you know? She shook her head slowly. Scribes watch over you, Ava. I don't know what that will mean. Daedri squeezed her hand and turned to walk back to the end of the bed. As the woman moved, Sonya saw the paper again. Her hand reached out of its own accord and brushed the paper with the tips of her fingers as Daedri moved away. It is late, and my shift is nearly over. You should try and get some rest, so we can talk more tomorrow. Her keen eyes caught the fear that contorted Sonya's face at the thought of unconsciousness. You have to rest. We all do. If your brain needs to repair itself, rest is the best way to get that done. Sonya felt the fear drain away. Her mind was already growing sluggish and slow. She nodded at the woman and watched through closing eyelids as Daedri checked the machines beside the bed, threw her a small smile, and left the room. What did this one do? This was a new voice. It pried Sonya from unconsciousness, like rough hands pulling at her hair. Her eyelids were twice-bound book covers, too heavy to open on their own. Beyond that worry, her thoughts slugged along in her mind like an old steam engine. You know they never divulged that, Ceylon. A second but familiar voice broke her plotting introspection. The House of Law would bleed out anyone giving away that kind of information. You usually have a guess, though. Silon sounded like a petulant child. And a guess is usually all I have. I have connections in the upper circles, and stories circulate down to me more often than not, but I mainly hear infer possibilities based on family names. The second voice conjured the image of the binder to her mind. Now, before you ask any more stupid questions, unplug the monitors and tidy up the cords. Silen grunted, and soon Sonya heard the shuffle and clack of each cord as it was pulled from the wall and fell onto the tile floor. Her stomach squirmed with each disconnected cord, and the skin at the back of her neck prickled. Another attempt to open her eyes only distracted her while the men finished prepping her bed. It moved forward in a sudden rush that pulled at her stomach. She tried in vain to move her arms, her legs, but her body remained limp and stubborn. Her stomach lurched again as the bed swiveled. Two sets of footprints slapped the tile floor close by. Where are we taking her? Cillan asked, just loud enough to be heard over the cadence of the bed's rollers. Theoretical applications, room 7. The binder's tone was reproving. What will her transfer say? Reassigned for intensive therapy. Now dry up! Cillan grunted, but stopped talking. Sonia strained to hear more of her surroundings, but the rollers obscured all but the closest voices, and those had lapsed into silence. The pounding rhythm in her chest picked up as the weight of her limp body constricted her heart. Why couldn't she move? Where was Daedri? She would explain what was happening, but Sonya hadn't heard the other woman's voice with those of the men. Her bed stopped. She heard a soft ding and a metallic hiss. The bed lurched forward momentarily, then stopped again. There was another scrape of metal and ding before her stomach flipped in an entirely new direction. For a breath... She felt as though she were falling backwards, then the fear subsided as an understanding came to her. She was on an elevator. Without the thrum of the rollers, 
Sonya was far too aware of her labored breathing and the whir of the machines as they monitored her. The pull and exhale of her lungs threaded its way into the hole of her awareness, drowning her, throttling her. Why didn't Ceylon ask more questions? Why didn't one of them say something, anything? She wanted to scream by the time the elevator jerked to a stop and hissed open. Her bed resumed its forward trek, and the comforting hum of the rollers returned. Tendrils of feeling were creeping up her legs by the time they finally spun her into a room. The echo of the rollers softened the moment they entered the smaller space. Sonya felt the change like a heavy blanket pressing on her ears. The bed stopped. She heard the soft click of the door closing. Get those machines plugged back in and strap her down, the binder's voice. Cillan grunted and shuffled around, detangling cords with a light clack-clack. A niggle of fear had been festering in the back of her mind since she awoke immobile, but it bloomed in earnest as she thought about being strapped to the bed. She was having a dead script of a time making sense of anything, even herself, but she knew, deep in her bones, that being tied down was not an experience she wanted to participate in. Again, she willed her muscles to move. Her leg twitched, but no more. So... Ceylon said casually. Now that we're out of the halls, what's your theory as to why she's down here? The binder didn't speak, and Sonya heard the shuffling of papers. For some reason, her heart beat a little faster. Come on, just a hint, Ceylon pressed. The binder sighed loudly. Very well, I will tell you what I infer if you promise to leave me be after so that we can finish the night's business. A promise in ink. She is supposed to be completely catatonic, no chance of neural recovery, but she essentially restarted herself. Ceylon whispered. That ever happened before? Never. It's impossible, but it happened. The moment I sent word to the Senate, a message came back instructing us to explore this marvel with open experimental restrictions. Wait, why word to the Senate? What about her family? She has no family listed. The instructions on her closed files say to send updates directly to a contact at the Senate House. Complete experimental freedom, Ceylon mused. What does that mean? means that we can do whatever it takes to determine the source of the patient's unconventional recovery. This research could save countless avatars. It could bind my entire career into one grand tome. Silon snickered. Yes, Silon, I heard the pun. I didn't mean it that way. That's why it's so funny, he chortled louder. Dry up and get her secured to the bed. Strap her head, too, while you're at it. I need to attach probes directly to the brain. One of Sonya's legs was jerked roughly to the side as Cillan pulled a strap around her ankle and cinched the binding tight. She had enough feeling back for the pain to crackle up her thigh. The fear in the back of her mind surged forward. She strained to kick out, to scream. Why not just keep her sedated? The binder answered in a disinterested tone. I need her completely awake for the scans. Her brain activity needs to be as normal as possible to detect abnormalities. Cillan paused as he gripped her other leg. She's going to be conscious and undrugged when you slice her head open? It is essential to the integrity of the scans. Experimental freedom, remember? Like a ray of light when you first open your eyes, the numbness disappeared in the leg Cillan was touching. At the same moment, Cillan bellowed loud enough to hurt Sonya's ears. He released her, leaving a burning patch of skin where his hand had rested. The weight of her body began to lift slowly but steadily. She heard Selen breathing with a hiss that was nearly a growl. What happened? The binder asked as his footsteps tapped a quick beat towards the other man. My arm feels like knives are stabbing at it. His voice was rushed, angry. I was just standing there when my whole arm burned like it was on fire and then flashed numb. Did you brush a needle? No, I was just reaching for the strap for her other leg. Well, the binder sounded skeptical. Try not to touch her skin as you strap her down. But you need to quit wasting time. Her sedatives will wear off soon. Sonya heard mutters as the strap constricted around her other leg. 
Silon pulled it so tight, she wondered how her skin wasn't slitting open. She felt the last of the numbness fade from her body, but her muscles felt limp and lifeless. Silon shuffled beside the bed. Her body tensed in response. Her eyes fluttered open, and she gazed up into the startled man's face. He was big, with shoulders that made his bald head look a bit too small. His purple eyes widened as he pulled away, but he wasn't fast enough. He had been reaching around her arm for the strap so her weak muscles didn't need to work too hard as her own arm darted out and gripped his wrist. Heat flashed through her palm and rippled across her body in waves as Cillan screamed and attempted to wrench his arm free. She watched, fascinated, as the big man seemed unable to break free of her delicate fingers. Strength flooded her muscles and her mind cleared. Everything made a lot more sense. Cillan stopped screaming and fell to his knees. She released him and watched as he slumped to the floor. Pathetic. A sharp crack reverberated in the small room as something flat and hard slammed into Sonya's face. She barely felt it as the computing tablet broke in half and fell into her lap. Unfazed, she spun and grabbed the binder's neck as he tried to scramble away. The man winced at her touch, but there was no draw of strength or heat this time. She smiled at the old avatar's wrinkled, black-veined skin. His yellow eyes widened as her teeth slipped out from behind her lips. Hello, binder Tars. Her voice was smooth as silk. The binder's mouth fell open as she spoke. Her gaze caught sight of his pocket. The pad of paper was just visible, poking out of it like a long-lost friend. She deftly palmed the pad and felt a tingle in her fingers as they brushed the rough paper. The binder swallowed and opened his mouth to speak. Wah! Sonya twitched the muscles in her arm and launched the man into the far wall. Cracks spread along the wall from behind the binder's body, as it struck with enough force to leave a streak of black ink as it slid to the floor. The binder crumpled on the tiles, ink oozing from the back of his skull. After ripping the monitors and IVs off, Sonya unlatched her legs and stood. The cement floor seeped cold into the soles of her feet, but she liked it. She strode around the bed and over to the binder, careful to avoid the growing streak of ink on the floor. The sight of the broken inking body made her pause. She frowned down at it for a moment, shrugged, swiped the binder's key fob, and padded quietly out of the room in the direction of the service elevator. All material in the Living Words podcast is original content and should not be reproduced or distributed without my express permission. Besides, it's all here free for the listening anyway, so why not just ask people to have a listen? You can support this podcast for a few dollars a month at patreon.com slash livingwordspress. For your support, you'll be granted access to member-only episodes where I delve behind the scenes of each month's stories. I love talking about writing. So you're sure to get some interesting tidbits and maybe even some inspiration. That's patreon.com slash livingwordspress. If you like my stories, you can also join the Living Words Press newsletter. Email subscribers to the newsletter get instant access to a novella that isn't available anywhere else. Subscribers also get periodic emails from me with interesting info, freebies, and updates about my upcoming novel releases. It's a great place to be if you like good, clean stories and free stuff. To sign up, check out the free content link at www.livingwordspress.com. Links are in the show notes so you can easily find all things Living Words Press. Now, here's what I think about today's episode. Commentary on Chapter 2. I hope you liked listening to Chapter 2 as much as I liked writing it. I had a lot of fun with this chapter. I originally went into it thinking, I have a character that is coming out of unconsciousness. She's not going to have very many memories. How do I do this? And I started thinking, well, I can break some writing conventions. And if you actually see the text, my fonts change, 
the way words appear changes. I have spaces in there. It's a really enjoyable chapter, and I think that it really draws us in as readers. I think it's an experience. We experience what is going on as Sonya does. I think that's really important for this chapter and for us whenever we experience a chapter of, about Sonya is to see what she's seeing and get this unfamiliarity with a world that should be familiar and to grow with her as she grows. One of my favorite parts about this chapter is the fact that even though she doesn't know anything else, really. She just gets some things that she's like, oh yeah, I, I should know this. The thing that she holds on to is that her name is Sonia, not Desanya. That's her full name. She doesn't like that. She doesn't know that that's her full name, but she just knows that she should be called Sonia. And other than the playing with the writing and the experiencing it as she experiences it, I think that her holding on to her name is probably one of my favorite parts of this chapter. And the magic at the end. Magic's always fun. There's lots of other things that I thought about as I wrote it. This is the last episode for this month, but I will be talking about those things and my inspiration for the story and everything on my Patreon. Once I start getting some patrons over there, I will put up my posts about the episodes, and I will go behind the scenes and behind the writing and tell you how I came up with things and all sorts of fun stuff. So, I'll see you next time. Living Words is my own personal brand, and it houses all the things I do with my writing. You can find information about this podcast and all my other writing endeavors at www.livingwordspress.com. I hope you enjoyed the show, and thanks for listening.